Jordan. Lucky Miranda. How are you? Um, just right off the bat, do you want to explain to everyone uh, what my house looks like from where you're sitting? Mm, so we've got a front door. Yep. Just went straight to the left. Yep. Into, into the podcast room. I've actually tried to find the exact seat where Alex Barr sat in. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm successful, but ready to go. So that's complete bullshit. He's once again uh, brushed me. He, uh, look, fully understand the COVID, but to be honest, he was brushing me before the COVID. I've uh, offered him plenty of sleepovers that he's just knocked back. So once again, he's he's left me hanging. This is a phone call. Um, but uh, it's, is it fair to say that you've been wanting to get on the pod now for a while? I have. I've been waiting for the call-up. Um, consistent niggling at training. Yeah. Um, pretty sure at our camp you told me I was about six in line. And and here we are. We're six down. What you uh, actually, what you might know, mate, is that this is actually an audition for um, that third spot on the tripod because Alex is currently injured. Um, but it, I mean, even if he wasn't injured, he's been, you know, he hasn't been performing up to my standards. Um, so you could potentially uh, leapfrog him in this podcast. How do you feel about that? Really good, but in all honesty, it's being spoken about at work at BMD that his performance has been lacking. So all I've been waiting for is just in the bleachers, waiting for that one call up. And look, here I am, so I'm ready to just give him the crack. Mate, this is it. This is essentially your debut. Um, as, as long as you're talking to the mic, you're going to do better than him. So, alrighty, well, let's get into it. Um, of course, you are the NFL man. Uh, no one else in Wyndham seems to be into the NFL, but. We are about to do a fantasy draft if NFL comes back, so uh, let's kick it off. Um, we're both snake drafters, um, which means you go from 1 to 10 and then it um, reverses back down. So uh, what, what are your tips if you are drafting? Let's say if you were um, picking number one, um, how, how do you normally go about, about drafting? Um, if I was going number one, you, you've obviously got to take the best person available. Um, I'm a firm believer in you need to snap up your running backs pretty early. Um, but being in the position at one, it's a long time till your next pick. It is 20. Yep, so if that was me, I'd be probably looking to go another wide receiver and running back then. Um, just on the top of my head, probably that range of wide receivers you get with that second pick would maybe be your Juju's, even your Odell Beckham's, he's, he's starting to slide down the ranks. When, when are you taking a QB? Like, when are you going for that? See, that's just a preference thing. I'm, I've always been under the impression that taking a QB a little bit later in the draft, um, you, obviously you get your players like Pat Mahomes, who had a historical year, not last year, the year before that, and then he, he snuck into the first first round, second round. But, but there's, only, there's only one or two blokes really who get those sort of high points and there's a lot of blokes who um, will get you enough points, you know what I mean? So the, there's there's a lot of depth in the QBs. Well, ultimately it's 32 teams, so that's 32 starting QBs every week. Exactly, yeah. And they start, um, there's only 10 starting in a league. You look at Lamar Jackson, he was the number one QB last year and he was... He was a late, late round pick. Exactly. There's always sleepers in drafts. Do you remember the fantasy? We've actually done a fantasy draft uh, years ago, and I remember picking up a defense 
actually in the draft. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll always I'll always hold off on defenses. Um, all my fantasy drafts or fantasy leagues I'm in at the moment have actually cut defense and kickers out. Not a bad idea, yeah. It just um, just a limit like defense. It's it's not skill in drafting. Um, you can you actually you can actually change week to week depending on the matchup for defense. Exactly. So there's no point. I'd, I'd much rather take a flyer on a player with a high upside that you know might go off in a, in a game and then try and trade him off rather than be rostering a defense after a um, after a draft. Now uh, my tactic last year was actually a bit different because I'd I'd heard it from somebody, but I actually took four quarterbacks. Um, within the first seven, eight picks, purely because um, I guess it was so nobody else had a good quarterback, and then they'd have to come to me, and then I sort of had the power to make the trades. What do, what do you think about that? Well, how did it work out? Yeah. I came second last. Well, there you go. That's that's probably what I think about it. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on from that. No, no, let's stay on your draft. No, it was, it was just, I tried it. I just wanted you to uh, have an opinion before I did tell you how it went. But it didn't go well because, like you said, there's too much depth in the quarterbacks. People don't really need a quarterback um, because there are 32 starting quarterbacks. So, But don't get me wrong. If you do get one of those top five guys and they slip down to, say, round five, round six, which is very rare these days, but just in case you're in a league where people are the same, mentality and thoughts as you that they can wait on quarterbacks and you do get lucky I'd be definitely trying to snap one up around that range well maybe I'm bluffing maybe I'm actually going to do that again this year and I just um, want to put that in your head now um, it, let's just say let's fast forward to our fantasy draft this year you have the number one pick who who would you take right now for number one Christian McCaffrey you, you do like your white skill players don't you <laughs> without being Without going into the politics of it, yes, I have, I have a soft spot for them. I feel like the white, the white athlete is underappreciated in American society. Um, it is our draft. It is a PPR league too, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Well, uh, particularly for that reason, I think he had like a record number of um, receptions for a running back too. So. Uh, not I'm a bad sure He'd finished top five as a wide receiver last year. Is that right? That, it, that was a historic year, but I, I'd be going Saquon personally. Um, I just think he, he has too much upside and he tends to break one, break a long one every game. And it's I think it's good. Obviously, you want to get the best player, but you want to get a player that you enjoy watching because you're going to be watching him for the whole year. So... That there's no nothing wrong with McCaffrey at all. Who who do you think you'll be staying away from? Like, what's a big name you just won't be touching? Well, this is actually very funny because I I received a message from Alex Barr before this podcast. Who knows nothing about? Who knows nothing? And he told he told me definitely I should be drafting a player, and it is the player that I will answer that I will be staying away from, and that's Derek Henry. Derek Henry is this Barry's tip? Is it? This is Barry's tip where I don't know where he's got it from. Hopefully maybe someone in the hospital as he was going under under the knife maybe slipped him a tip for NFL. Hopefully, hopefully it was a patient, hopefully, because that's a moronic um, tip. Mm, it was. He was probably under anesthesia just as, as much as Barry was. Is that your answer, though? Are you, are you going with Derek Henry? Definitely. To, to stay away from? 
Yep, I won't be I won't be touching him even if he slides down to say the second or third round. And why? What's the possible reasoning for that? The way I look at running backs and the landscape of how they are, they have a short duration in career, and the amount of touches that he has received from his high school to college to NFL career now, yeah, worn down. It's just it's just going to take too much um, wear and tear on the body. The running backs in the NFL get bashed way too easily and I just can't see it being sustained for a long period of time. The the lifespan of a running back is like really short in the last few years. Like people retire at 26, 27 now, so Yeah, yeah well I think the breakout age is 24. Yeah. On top of that, like Blake's defense is obviously going to be picking up on him now, so he's not going to uh, we we'd imagine he's not, people are going to be just loading the box on him and um you know, preparing for him a bit more. So I'm actually personally going to go Odell. Um, I just, I don't, some blokes, their personality just gets in the way and he's a good reason. Um, he, if he starts, he's, you know what I compare him to? Latrell Mitchell. Like if he, his head isn't in the game, he just won't be interested for the whole game and then um, he'll do nothing. So I'll be staying away from him. Would you, would you take Odell? I think I've had a, little man crush on Odell ever since our first ever fantasy league mm. um, that was the one you were actually in I'm pretty sure you finished second last that year as well but we don't need to go there as well we don't yeah um, he he won me that title and got me to the final and basically that was his rookie year he had that catch against Dallas so ever since then I've always been a fan of him well uh, this actually I am a bit, this does lead to my next question who, who and it might be Odell for you because who has been in all the years like your standard who what player have you picked up one year and he's just absolutely crushed it well it's funny because I'm in a I'm in a dynasty league that continues throughout the year you keep the same team um and in one rookie draft I actually drafted Kareem Hunt yeah his first year his first year and and to be honest I'll I I didn't actually know all too much about him at the time Mm. Um, I just picked him because he was the top of the. He was the best player available. I thought, oh, this will be good. I'll give him a crack. He obviously came out, brained it, and then I ended up trading him to um, someone else in our league for Christian McCaffrey wow. and other assets. That's that's a GM move. That's why you've um, won a lot of rings. I because that the fu- funny thing. I picked him up too, but I mean, I, you just completely winged it. He was a rookie. I thought, you know, why not? But Obviously, he turned out to have a record year, and then you end up looking like Adam Schefter because you've picked him up before anyone else. So you, you claim it, obviously. You say, yeah, I knew he was going to blow up. But I'll, I'm going to go um, Jamal Charles probably back when we were playing again, but uh, he might have got somewhere between 40 and 50 points in one game. He, he was a beast yeah. back in the day. Um, biggest the city chief, running backs. Yeah, well, exactly. This must be the schemes from Andy Reid. But who, who's been the biggest dud? I've got a few for this. Uh, I've got a few, but I've got one that'll stay with me for the rest of my life. Um, three years ago, Michael Crabtree, the wide receiver. Mm. I was coming into the championship. It was the championship round. I needed, I think, maybe like one point from Michael Crabtree on Monday Night Football to win me my first ever championship. Hang on, do you need to sit down before you say this? Because I feel like some emotions are going to come back up here. Well, there is, and to be honest, I'll probably go upstairs and, you know, I'll probably sleep in the spare room just because I'm haunted by Michael Crabtree performance that night. 
So I needed one point from Michael Crabtree and I was home and hosed. The other bloke had no players playing anymore and I was thinking, oh, how good is this? In the first quarter, Michael Crabtree didn't have a point. Oh. I'm thinking, oh, God, what's happening? In the second quarter, I was watching ball get thrown into the end zone. Michael Crabtree drops it in the end zone. Mm. I'm thinking, oh, God, like that would have been it. It's just your day. Like, surely at that point you're thinking, like, this is just not my day. Well, to rub salt in the wound, he also tore a hamstring as <laughs> he dropped the ball. Oh. Didn't play the rest of the game. I lost one point. The mid-game injury. That's the... the mid-game injury. You and know, in that league, I've gone on and won when you two said, years in a row since that. You said that was a semi-final, that game. No, that was a championship. Oh! <laughs> see, worse, I see, this is this is the other thing with fantasy, and particularly girlfriends. Nobody sympathises with those losses. Like... I'm sure you, to- you told your missus and she couldn't care less. No, yeah, it's almost like you're speaking a different language. Exactly. So there's no interest, but we know how badly that hurts. Like, even to lose by a point in a round game is bad enough. So, mate. Look, I'll, I'll admit, I think fantasy football and the life of relationships is a bit of a clam jam. Yeah. If you know what that means. I don't, but I agree. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just... It just stops all communication for about three to four four months. Yeah, and I mean, how how good is a Monday morning wake? Are you someone who wakes up at four a.m. to watch the games? Yeah, I'll come downstairs, put it on the TV. It's Christmas morning, like honestly. It is. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, red zone, absolutely. Who who have you got for? Uh, this is our last gridiron. Qu- we could talk about this for. This could be a weekly segment. But who have you got for MVP this year? Um, I've, I've got two candidates. I've got one as a smoky because I know that you really enjoy your smokies. Absolutely, yeah. And one that I think I just think he's going to produce from his form from two years ago. So I'll start with that one. I think Patrick Mahomes comes back to what he was he's healthy he's got another year under his book I'm not sure if you saw a quote from him the other week he was saying I, I love quotes well the, the, at the back end of the year he said he started learning how to actually read defences which Me, is pretty scary meaning the fact he was just winging it or yeah well if you watch his plays it looks like he wings it but the fact that now he's starting to read defences you think oh god this this could be anything next year for the Chiefs um I think that they're going to draft a pretty dynamic running back in there in the draft this year, and that's just going to push that that already pretty scary offense over the top, and he's going to be leading it. Probably who, go back back in the Super Bowl. Who is currently the Chiefs' running back? Damian Williams. Yeah, you, but you can sort of plug anyone into that uh, running back role in the Chiefs, and they'll do a job. You can, but if you, I just feel like if there's a guy called Clyde Edwards, um, college player. Yeah, he's from LSU. I think they'll draft draft a player like him that can receive out of the backfield and run between the tackles. Mm. Um, he comes from that record-breaking LSU uh, college team that won a national championship this year, and I think I think someone like him is just really just gonna you know make that team unstoppable. See, so, so someone who knows their college players really um, gets gets football. So that that's going the step further. But who, who's your uh, Smokey? Kyler Murray. Well, I actually had him last year, so I'm, I can fully agree with this, but continue. Um, I just think he's, he's turning in. He's, the NFL is changing to a running landscape for quarterbacks. You see Lamar Jackson last year. Mm. Um, you look at that Cliff, Cliff 
Kingsbury offense that he's got at Arizona, and then Hopkins. Just, what? Hopkins. Add that into the mix. Exactly. Add DeAndre Hopkins, who's one or two, number one or two best wide receiver in the league, and geez, the sky's the limit. So. Well, the the thing with because I, like I said, I had him last year, but. He went really under the radar because no one was watching the Cardinals, Cardinals. So like no one's tuned into those games. But he was just quietly getting the, getting points on fantasy. I don't know if you listen to Colin Cowherd, but he would like weekly say how good he is, and um, yeah, he's, he's just been completely flying under the radar. So I reckon that's not a bad not a bad pick. And Arizona might actually go um, pretty well this year. Yeah, they got a few pieces on defense in the draft. Maybe sits that O line, so he's not running for his life all the time. I think mm. they're going to pleasantly surprise. They're in a division with the Rams, who've just been completely decimated. Well, you know what they did because they they did all these one year contracts on big names, and now they're just they've got no one. And they've got no draft picks as well, which is even worse. So it was an all or nothing to win that Super Bowl. They didn't win, and now they're yeah in buggery. Well, that, this wasn't actually on the list, but I do want to ask about Brady. How do you think he's going to go? <laughs> well, I've never been a Brady fan. What? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Denver Broncos fan, and I'm pretty sure on any NFL fan, if you talk to them, you're either a Patriots fan or you hate the Patriots. Yeah, I can see that. And um, one of my good mates, and um, I hope you don't mind me name dropping, but Ben Hunt. A massive Tom I was, Brady fan. I was about to about to mention because I do remember him wearing. Um, he actually named his kid Brady, didn't he? He did. He did name him. So his first born was Brady. And there you go. Um, and it, it is nothing has killed me more than seeing the Patriots have success and letting Ben Hunt gloat to me for all these years. Well, more than uh, what you think Brady will do. How do you think the Patriots will go this year? Because there's talk that they're going to tank to get. Um, What's his name, Lawrence? I think they are tanking. Um, the only way that I think that they try and rectify what they've done is they go and sign a player like Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. Cam, yeah. oh, you know I'd like that. I'd, I know you love your case, Boogie. I would be, I would, I'd be tempted to take him top ten if he went to the Patriots. Well, I, I, I think the Patriots. I, I feel like Bill Belichick's ego is too high or big to tank but I, I, I get you but what do they get out of getting a mediocre quarterback now when you could potentially get Lawrence I, I just don't see Bill Belichick at 70 I mean, he's 76 which I was never aware of I always thought he was a little bit younger he, he's not going to be around forever mm. if, he, if they start tanking a tanking isn't a one year process it's got to it's got to go through years of it you look at some teams that have tank that you know just haven't been there for three yeah. four years and it's sort of a joke you you know your Cleveland Browns they were tanking for yeah. however many years and they're Ten- still not even really there Tennessee like what, how many years were they gone terrible yeah so I, I feel like he won't he he won't tank while he's still the head coach he'll step down before they can see to the fact that they're tanking I think that's a that's a great point which no one's mentioned is his age because like think of your granddad like if your granddad's almost around that age could you see him like coaching an NFL team like that's fucking that's old yeah and you yeah and the, these NFL teams are a different kettle of fish to the NRL teams they're different amount of personalities egos yeah. that are in these 53 man rosters would be 
you know, unfathomable of how to manage these players. And he's obviously done it the best out of anyone. He'll go down as the best coach ever in NFL. Yeah, for sure. Which is another reason I don't like Brady because I feel like Brady's just gone off the success of well, Bill Belichick. You said you said you're the Patriots or you're the rest of the world, but you're also either uh, Brady or you're Belichick because you got to be one or the other. Who you think yep. deserves credit? Um, well, mate, if if Newton does go to the Patriots, I'll be definitely buying one of those jerseys and I'll be picking Newton up. But that's all we uh, are going to talk for NFL. We're going to move on to NRL because. I know you haven't prepped for these, but I wanted to put you on the spot. Um, I honestly think there's a spot here for once we get into the season, a weekly NFL podcast, because um, this has actually already gone longer than a tripod, and we've just been, you know, it's been easy. So, number one, who is the best player you have versed in the NRL? Uh, Name drops are welcome here. Name drops are welcome. I think probably the best is Jason Tomalolo. Have you tackled Jason Tamalola? No, I was lucky enough to always be out in the wing, but just the, the way that he moves, it, it, you shouldn't be able to be at that size and have the footwork and the speed that he does. It's yeah. you know, it's one of those genetics. I, I liken him to, a, a, going back to NFL, like an Aaron Donald. Yeah, but I don't think Aaron would be anywhere near as quick as him. Like over 40 metres, which is all you need for a rugby league player like it's it is not human what he's what he does yeah and top top all that off he plays 80 minutes like he can play 80 and has 25 carries exactly and i think he's only going to get better as well i was watching the other day actually that greg english try at suncorp and you were the last line of defense can you just run me through that play again what you were thinking at the time you've probably never talked about this and this is Oh, it gets brought up because, as you said, I'm the last pitcher, and then I'm that last person that misses the tackle, and then there's the famous photo of him doing. I think the going after it, and then well, mate, there was just absolute despair. So there was six missed tackles before you, so don't worry. I think there was more than six. I think he went through the whole team. Well, what do you remember? Maybe at the chase, at the final bit, did you think you had him? Um. Oh, look, I. I I gained the ground on him but I didn't know I probably wasn't aware whether I was at the 10 metre line or if I could have probably tried to hot like maybe an extra metre and then tried to bring him down yeah um, again you talk about sort of generational players he's again probably in the top three of players that I've played against so no, nobody else scores that try maybe like no. Benny Barber in his prime but, I, but you honestly where I thought that tackle could have been made was um, Digger, Dale Copley, when he was chasing, and he I felt like he dove too early. Yeah, well, we were sort of both there, and I, that's what I mean. It was, mine was probably, I went, I probably went a little bit too early, and he went a little bit too early, so. Yeah, a lot of things had to go right for him to get that try, but still, you're a part of a um, historic try and a immortal, probably. He might go down as an immortal. Um, let's let's go to hardest preseason. What year? Um, and I, I, I bet it's something to do with an army camp. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. We did we did do a what year was it? it was twenty fifteen when the Bronx we went to the grand final that preseason. We went to an army camp out um, on the Gold Coast in the middle of nowhere, and six I think six or five SAS. 
uh, soldiers were there to meet us. That that just um, like turns up the heat, doesn't it? When you see them, it does, and you you just don't know what what's going on, and the, the, it's the fear of the unknown because there's no you know set itinerary of what you're doing. Mm. Everything, the next thing you're going to do is harder. Um, and it, no it, it, it takes the, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying pre-season's fun, but you can sort of at least talk to your mates and get through it. They take all that away and it's um, it's just, it's headnoise.com, we talk about it, but you're tuned in, you're logged into headnoise.com for the whole time. The whole time. There's, when, when you leave, I, I know people say, oh, it brings you closer, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, to an extent, I believe in that. But when you do leave, I think it's the the funny stories that probably go unspoken about during the time yeah. you're doing it because you're just too rooted to even laugh and about things like that. Like on that camp, there were two moments that we still laugh about. And um, I remember we were doing these frog burpees or I don't know, French burpees that we were doing and they were just ridiculous. Like French ridiculous burpees. Art. Yeah, to be honest, I can't remember the exact way to do it. I think it was like you had to get in a frog position, then squat, then down, burpee, jump. Okay. It, yeah. it, 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 was just, it just seemed like it was an exercise that they made up and made it as hard as possible, yeah. purely just to mess with their head. So we did 30 of them and it took us forever. And then next thing we know, one of the SAS blokes just absolutely snapped and started screaming at us and said, Righto, we're doing another 30. And we all were starting to like look at each other, being like, well, "What's to set this bloke off like that?" And he swears he swore to this day. Is that, this a Jared Wallace thing? Is this where it's going? No, it was, he swore to this day that one of the boys called him a douchebag. <laughs> and the person he blamed, and you will get a kick out of this, was Jack Reed. Oh, which is yeah, we're going to get to that soon. But what is what does Reedy say about that? Does he say he did? He says he's never used the word douchebag in his life and he's got no idea where this bloke got it from. So we don't know whether it was someone else and Paul Reedy was in the, yeah, it's, in the vicinity. It's an odd term. Um, like, no one uses the word douchebag. And, like... No. Did, did he... Like, when he said that, did you just laugh at the time or were you too, like, fucked to say... To laugh? No, it's more like a head down, like, are you serious? And so how do, he, how do you say it? He's all angry. He's like, somebody called me a douchebag. Yeah, I think he actually pointed Reedy out and said, you called me a douchebag, that's how he found out it was Reedy. And you can imagine what he's like. He's ginger, he's got ginger hair, freckles, we've been out in the sun all day, he's red, and he's just been put on show in front of everyone and being told he called someone a douchebag. He's the kid that's bullied, he's not the bully. Mm. So, and then the other story from that camp was, we had, we were given a tarp and we had to, we had to, um, set it up over like this fence that was just there and I don't know we got to share we got to share the tarp with one other person and I got to share it with Ben Hunt yeah and we were sitting there and it was I think maybe like 12 o'clock at night and then they came and woke us up at 1 o'clock to dig a hole um, and to put a jerry can underneath this hole okay. so it was level with the ground and then literally said okay now that's done you can go to bed so we're all pretty off that, sleep deprived. Next thing I know, I roll over on my side with my back to honey, and then all I start hearing is this like rustling sound. And I'm starting to think, and I'm like, what the fuck? What's that noise? Like, you can't be anything. I think Miles at the tarp, and then next thing I hear, I just start hearing some munching. <laughs> 
and Hunter had somehow snuck a Quest protein bar into this army camp and had it. I don't know where he hit, hit it the whole time because I don't even think we had um, backpacks. Yeah. So he either had it down his pants or in a pocket all day and he just started grazing away on this Quest bar. <laughs> so they're the type of things on army camps that you can appreciate after, but at the time you're just thinking. Well, did you mention it? Did you mention it at the time once you've heard the crunch or have you just let it go? No, I asked for some and he gave me some. I was going to say, he's, he's done well to... He probably didn't want to give you some. He's probably tried to smack it himself. I don't think Ben Hunt shared a thing in his life, so that just shows how delirious he must have been. Well, his nickname is Dozer for snoring, right? Isn't that the other thing? Uh, it was Dozer because when he used to be a little fat number nine, he looked mm. like a little little Dozer truck. Oh, that was not what I thought, but yeah, I can see <laughs> that. Alrighty, uh, let, let's... On the flip side, best moment in football? Uh, best moment would have to be your debut, I think, for the NRL. Mate, uh, my debut and my last game were probably my two highlights. Yeah, so uh, I was pretty lucky. I've, I got to play down in down against the Roosters in 2012. and um, is, that, uh, is that Lockie playing? No, he retired the year before, which, which oh, hurt. That does hurt. But, um, so, yeah, and I got to have my whole family there and everyone came down and we got a win, which was obviously makes it a little bit more special. Fuck yeah, it, uh, it, it makes it twice as good, I think. Because you, you were playing outside Hodges for most of your career, weren't you? I was, but I, I was outside Bealey. Yeah, Joe Beal, that, that game. Hodges yeah. must have been, I think it might have been Origin, so the Origin players were all out. So we had a sort of makeshift team. Um which, again, is pretty special to win those type of games. How yeah, was playing outside Hodge, Because he can give a good pass to, to your winger, right? Oh, I think he gives sprays more than he gives I know, passes. I know what he's like. I, didn't, I actually got a Hodge's story because, like, the, the couple weeks or whatever I was doing the preseason with you guys, we're doing wrestling. You know how before you do the pummel not or the contact, you got to throw the other person the ball? Yeah. So we've done that. I threw him the ball, but I threw it too too low. Hit him in the nads, and yep. he's gone off his head saying, "Get this fucking little bloke out of our fucking session." And he's just lost it and um, really, really broke a young man's ego, confidence. That day, so. Hodges, he probably still remembers that. He will. He yeah. He he was done with me at that day. But I mean, in terms of footy, though, he 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 was one of the best at setting up um, the winger. So. What, is that what you remember from playing with him? Or? Yeah, and he just had that, we talk about players with natural instinct, he just had that knack to make make things out of nothing. Well, uh, Dale Copley try, that's what I, comes to mind. Yeah, exactly, the one through the legs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he just, um, I don't know, it's, it's funny, he's one of those players where every, every other team would have done scouting on him, knew what he was going to do. They knew when he went into dummy house, he was going yeah. to run. That that's that's the truest thing because he's always running yet he always makes ten to twelve meters every time. He's just... Yeah, and I swear every time I went a dummy half for a run, you literally get out dummy half and they're tackling you straight away. But somehow, like they would just stand off Hodge and let him let him do his thing, which I guess is just a testament to what he did, and it probably says why he did do it for so long and is now considered probably one of the best centers that Australia and Queensland have seen. You, you know the other thing I remember, he, he has, it's not a terrible body, but it's a bit of a dad bod, but he was so strong in the gym, wasn't he? Like, he could bench, like, 160, 170. 
Yeah, he had like old, old boy strength, didn't he? It was odd. Like, he wouldn't warm up. He'd just get in there, get it done. But he was just yeah. fucking strong. And no no pecs, nothing. No. It was just, it was just a flat flat chest. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a calendar body. He's not getting the shirt off. But it, it might have been those Mars bars that he used to make Corey Norman go up at in the middle of our um, break between field and weights and go get Mars bars from the BP up the road every day. All right, mate. That's enough name drops for you. Okay. So um, I got a couple more if you need. No, I, I actually do. They help the pod. They help the ratings. Um, <laughs> this is this is the biggest question of the. This is the one I've been leading up to. Funniest teammate, and you cannot say Jack Reed because that's obvious. I can't say Jack Reed because that's yours. No, no, no. It's it's just pretty understood. Is that a universally understood or just a Jordan Drew household understood? No, it's pretty unanimous, I think. I, I still don't know to this day if Jack Reed's done anything funny. The only funny thing he could have done was call an army bloke a douchebag, and he still won't even admit to that. So I don't know what he could have done. That's that's classic material, though. He definitely did do it. Um, the funniest teammate I've probably had would probably actually be Corey Norman. No. Yeah. But he's not intentionally funny, right? He's just... It, 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 it's a bit of both, I think. I don't know. Corey's got the right mix of being able to take the piss out of himself, but then also be able to hold the conversation. Mm, I don't... I mean, I, I don't know him very well, but I've been around him but I don't, I don't know if I can agree with that so who else is up there and then I'll I'll see uh, a player called Mitch Allgood yes I don't know him at all but I know of him vegan vegan Mitch he's a cup veteran right he's played a lot of Q Cup yeah he's played a lot of NRL as well he took a travel around he's over in England now actually Super League so uh, yeah. I'm trying to think he's up there. Well, it was so, someone at the Bronx when I was there too like who do you remember? Who was there? I'm trying to think. Who was... Oh, like stupid funny or ha-ha well, funny? If you're going stupid funny, I was going to say Jillo's not bad. Yeah, Jillo's got his... Jillo's just got dad jokes that mm. eventually got old. He'd just wear you down and but eventually they get just me. have a laugh to get rid of him. They get me dad jokes, though, so that's probably why. Um, Phil, if you're going like stupid funny, you got to get like Josh Hoffman, people like that. Yeah. He's no. I've actually in all the squads I've been in, no one has been like that guy. Like he was, he was almost autistic. Like how much energy he had. Yeah, I'd hate to see the crash when he got home. Oh, <laughs> but that. But that's the sort of bike you need to get through a preseason. Yeah, yeah, right. Because you've got what twenty-five guys absolutely battling, and if you can just get someone with a bit of energy that can pick you up for that in the last half an hour of weights. Yeah. Well, as as the winning boys know, Tristan hopes that's that's our guy. He's he's always positive and he's up. Oh, that's a bit harsh on me, but okay. Give uh, it mate, you are so far <laughs> down the bottom. But um, let's. This is the last question, and we'll wrap it up. This one. It has nothing to do with anything, but let's get inside the mind of Lockie Marina. What is your favourite movie all time? Oh, favourite movie. Put me on the spot there. Not your favourite. What's what time you really enjoy? I do. Uh, I, I, two movies I love: Shawshank Redemption. Yep, that that would be one of mine too. And um, Moneyball. Yeah, as a as an American sports lover, I think Moneyball's great. It's up there. Yeah, and then I, 
if I was going to go like a series or trilogy or anything like that, Game of Thrones. I think that Ocean Ocean Eleven's Ocean Twelve movies so are got, up there. So you got a deep love for Brad Pitt, is what I'm picking up. Well, I think everyone does, don't they? Um, well, understandably. What about uh, Tiger King's the big um, rage moment? Have you seen that? No, I got told by someone at work today that I need to get onto it, and it, it gets. And then I've actually got told that and then was listening to a podcast and they said you need to watch this tv show it gets better and better each episode well i'll tell you on another podcast that you do need to see it i don't agree it gets better and better it get, does get better and better but then it gets really bad towards the end like the ending's terrible but i'll finish the pod just saying that carol baskin 100 percent killed her husband and that's a spoiler oh. alert all righty Lockie. um thanks for your time tonight mate i know you've you got a newborn so i appreciate it and potentially uh, when the season starts, these can become more regular. Can't wait. Righto, mate. See you, Joey.